Do this. Turn to Acts 16, 1 through 5. If you've got a, a paper Bible, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. If you're using version, well, then I expect you to be able to find it pretty easy if you're using a Bible app. I'm not going to tell you how to do that. You can follow along behind me on the screen behind me as well. We're going to be talking a little bit. We're, we're wrapping up a series called I Dare You. And I'm daring you this morning to trust God, to trust his plans for your life, to take a further step, an additional step in trusting him. When, when Amy was, was uh, ministering communion and she was talking about what stands between you and God, well, anything can stand between you and God. And interestingly enough, I felt God, even as I'm preparing to preach this message, reminding me in my seat to not be afraid. Don't let fear stand in the way of you and Jesus and trusting him. You guys ready? That was not very excited. I mean, don't, I mean, listen, you're not, don't save your energy for 6.30 tonight. Come on now. Are you guys ready to get into scripture this morning and let God speak to you? Yes. Thank you. That's what I like to hear. Oh, man. Acts 16. We're talking about a guy named Paul, one of the greatest apostles to have ever lived. Arguably the greatest. Here he is in the early life and days of his ministry. It says, Paul came to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. He was a good guy. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And as they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Okay, let me park it right there. Paul is just getting started. He's just getting going. He runs into a guy whose mother was a Jew who I believe had come to faith. Timothy had as well. His father was a Greek. Likes the guy. They've got a great relationship. They begin going on missionary journeys together. They start doing work together. But what is it that they're actually doing? They're going and they're delivering basically rulings and decisions made by the apostles, the, 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 the governing board of apostles, because people had a lot of questions as to how to live for God. In case you're tripped up on the word obedience or things of that nature, don't, don't sweat that for a second. This is the early church, and they didn't have the Bible the way we have the Bible. And so, in many ways, they're being taught how to live very basic ways for God. And so Paul and Timothy are going to all of these young, early churches, and they're teaching them what the other apostles have already been teaching. And what does the scripture say that the churches are, what's happening? They're growing in strength and they're growing in numbers, growing in size. Now sometimes, and I get it, 
Sometimes we as American uh, ministers and churches and uh, just American Christianity, sometimes we can get fixated on size, can't we? On numbers at large, especially when it comes to church. And delete that from the memory banks for a second. The Bible does talk and gives us clue to healthy churches. And some of the things that we do see with healthy churches is that healthy churches are growing in strength and size. Now that pace looks different for everybody. The muscle size looks different from everybody. But understand there is a, there is a difference. There's a growth that is happening. Tracking with me this morning. And so things are going great for my man, Paul. The churches are growing. The ministry's growing. Numbers are growing. Churches are growing strong. Life couldn't be any better. As a pastor, as a minister, come on. That's legit. And then we're taken, taken? We're taken. That was amazing. <laughs> that was Australian right there. I mean, good eye, mate. Yeah, what you just turn here? Don't hear the axe. That'd be fantastic. <clears throat> All right. I'm not sure what just happened there. That may also need to be deleted from the podcast. <laughs> okay. Acts 16, 6 through 8. One of the most interesting things in Scripture is what happens right here on the heels of great growth and on the, on the heels of size and, and power and strength happening. We come to this moment where Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mesia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mesia and went down to Troas. I'm going to unpack this for just a second. I won't take long on it. But I'd love to know what that actually looked like. I, I mean, we know that God has designed it, that he desires that no one would come to perish, that all would come to the saving grace and knowledge of who he is. And yet here we see Paul, and then the reason we're, we're clued in on this is because Paul wants to go preach there in Asia, but God is saying no. He's telling him no. And it seems like a great thing, doesn't it? Have you ever found yourself in the position of something that felt good or looked good, and yet God just continued to resist it? Some of you have been in relationships, and for no other reason than, than you just feel God saying, no, this isn't the right relationship for you. This isn't the right person to be dating for you. Some of you have gotten jobs only to be in it and you just have this nagging Holy Spirit conviction that this isn't the right move. Or, 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 or you turn down an offer and your family says, are you crazy? And you just can't help but sense God doing something here that leads you to not pursue it. Anybody done that before? I've done that lots of times. 
with no real great explanation. And in this case here, we have the spirit of Jesus, the only time this is mentioned in Scripture like this, showing up, which is just a really nice, beautiful way of saying that the Holy Spirit was leading them in powerful ways. And here's what I want to remind you this morning before we get to the next bit of text. Is that our aim as Christians, our aim as believers is to not get God. It's not to get God into our plans. It's to get into His. I'm going to say that one more time. Our aim as Christians is not to try and get God into our plans. It's for us to take the time to hear him, be led by him, seek him, and for us to get into his. Because there are plenty of times where God's plans for us run contrary to what we want for us. Yes? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All the time. And, And just to remind you of this, too, because... There are many, some of you might be in this position, that, that are kind of, you know, you look at God in a more agnostic way where he's, he's you know, he set the world in motion and set it spinning and then it was done. And he's kind of just letting things play out. And I want to encourage you this morning that that's actually not how we see God moving in Scripture. We see him really involved in the day-to-day decisions of the early church. And it's extraordinary. And I want to invite you this morning into the day-to-day decisions that you make. Pray about things. Seek God about things. Trust Him with everything. You guys ready? Six through eight, Paul and his companions, I already read that, sorry. Um, Proverbs, I'm sorry, Acts 16, and then I'm gonna down step back to Proverbs. During the night, Paul had a vision. He went down to Troas, after being told no, not to go to Asia. So he goes to this place called Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready. This is Luke writing. We got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So in one breath, God says, no. And then in the other breath, God says, go. In one breath, the the door is shut here. And in another breath, the the door is opened here. And we see God's plan coming to light. Even though this was not the plan that the greatest apostle that the entire world has ever known saw. It's not what he had planned himself. It wasn't the missionary strategy that he had working for himself. No, they were planning to go to Asia, probably wanting to go to Ephesus, which in about 10 to 15 years, he would. And he would write the book of Ephesians to the city of Ephesus, to the church that's there. But at this point in time, God said no. And then right around the corner, God says, go. This is what I want you to do. Proverbs 16 reminds us this, that in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. Do you know that that's actually 
really, really true. You don't even need to raise your hands. How many of you planned on living where you're living right now? Few of you. How many of you marked out the house? How many of you marked out the location? How many of you marked out the amount of kids or the lack of kids or your station in life? You're married, you're not married. You're in college, you're not in college. You're getting ready to move, you're staying. You're... All of the things that we were just so certain about, the amount of times that God has redirected my steps based on what I thought were great plans, right? And so this is how we see God moving in the life of the believers and in the life of the early church. And let me encourage you, this is great news for us because it means that you have a good and great father who cares about the details of your life. We often say that the devil is in the details. I've got great news for you. He's not. God is in the details. He's in the intimate and detailed steps of your life. And so that brings us to our church this morning. That brings us to a story that's going to lead into a bit of an announcement for us. As we're seeing and sensing God shutting one thing and opening another. But I want to start and rewind the clock so you can see the progression here that is oftentimes very similar to your own and oftentimes very similar to what we see in Scripture and in fact is similar because this is how God moves. Amy and I were planning to move. Guess where we were planning to move to? Greenville, South Carolina. (gasps) Surprise. We're not there, are we? We were planning to plant a church in Greenville, South Carolina about 10 years ago. We had already looked at homes. I already had my name on a plot reservation for a new subdivision. And the people that we were going to plant with went ahead and moved and bought a house. (laughs) And then, lo and behold, the more we prayed about it, And the more we got counsel within the ministry that we're a part of with every nation. And then we went to a church planning assessment center. We sensed and felt the spirit of Jesus saying, no. And so I basically had one condition. I said, God, I will go anywhere in the United States to plant a church. I'll go anywhere you tell me, just don't. I beg of you, don't send me to Florida. True story. And who invited me to come and be the associate pastor and serve under an internship in a church plant? But Keith Tower used to play for the Orlando Magic and had started a church there with every nation. And he needed somebody young with hair that sticks up all over the place who could help with worship and some creative things and, and make things look nicer because He was more on the athlete side, and I was a little more on the creative side. And so Abbott and Costello got together, and a church was birthed and started in the one place where I was just certain God would never send me, Florida, which turned into six years. It was supposed to be six months. 
And we see Paul doing the same thing. There are times in Scripture where he arrives in a city thinking that he's going to preach and leave. And all of a sudden, the Scripture says he stayed for a year or he stayed for two years or several years. And, and that was the place that, that I found myself in. Amy and I were in the throes of thriving ministry. Some of you have been to the church there. It's great. It's growing. People are getting saved and born again and added to the church. More churches are being birthed. Leaders are being released. Guess what was happening? The church was growing strong and the church was growing in size. And I was punching my meal ticket. I thought, this is sweet. I mean, my house is packed. My life group is packed, which by the way, you already heard it once, get in a life group. Number two, my life group was filled with people who didn't know Jesus, asking me the most crazy questions. We were literally just taking people to the pool, baptizing them at life group. It was awesome. And then we began to sense God doing what only God does. It's time to go. So we began talking to Keith and we began praying. And, and so we had all these cities that we had looked at and we began going to them. We began walking and meeting with people and talking to people and blah, 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 blah. And guess what never happened? We didn't feel the release of God to go. In fact, we felt God saying no. And it was really frustrating because I wanted to go to that place. I wanted to go over there, but God was saying that's not what you're supposed to do. And then we began every, every couple of months when we would drive to Nashville, we would pull up to Kennesaw. We'd get through the madness and nonsense of Atlanta traffic. We would pull over here in Kennesaw on Chastain or on Barrett Parkway and we would go to Chick-fil-A and we'd use the restroom. And then all of a sudden we began to just pray about this area of Atlanta. And there was, there was one condition I had when I began praying again, Amy and I. First, I never wanted to go to Florida, but God brought me to Florida. And then I had one other place I did not ever want to go to, and it was Atlanta. I know. I know. The Lord softened my heart. But I didn't. Because I only, the only thing I had known about Atlanta was, guess what? Traffic. I don't want to do that. I, I give up on those people, Lord. You have to do something here. <laughs> okay. Wow, I was just faithless. It's really, it's terrible. It's terrible. This is where God was sending us. And some of you know Josh Anderson. We began to come up here. I had my first breakfast with one person who I had met in Orlando because of a funeral. Some of you know Josh, and we, we had breakfast at Jay Christopher's and began to talk about the possibility of this. And so it began to become more concrete. And then some friends from Orlando, Jasmine and Kellen, took a job here at Reinhardt University, but we're going to be living in, surprise, Kennesaw. And so we began to see God opening this door. And so we came, and we went. We're here. And our home, start, we started a Bible study, basically. It was a, we called it the launch team. And there was basically five people at our first meeting, maybe less. 
And our house just began to grow little by little. And we baptized the very first person, I think it was around December or January, Trent Lindsay, as he was heading off to deployment. It was basically snowing outside when we baptized him in the horse trough in my backyard. He was the first person, and it was freezing. And slowly but surely, people were beginning to come to faith. People were beginning to renew their faith. And the church started growing, and so we outgrew the living room, and we moved to the neighborhood clubhouse, which was possibly the ugliest facility (laughs) you've ever seen in the history of mankind, but we did it. And so we had a group there, and the adults met there, and we began to train our, our teams of High Point Kids servants who serve your children. We began to cultivate a heart, not to just have babysitting, but that we would instill godly values into the hearts of our little ones and begin to disciple them to know Jesus and to follow him. And slowly but surely, we begin to grow in size and in strength until about two years ago, we started here. We outgrew where we were. We moved to this facility and we began to set up (laughs) pipe and drape and all of the thousands of things that we do to make this facility great. And it's been amazing. And so as we've grown, we had our largest Sunday just a few right before the new right before the new year with about a 160. But we've been adding more and more chairs each week. We've had to put more chairs out and and, and hear me with this, this school has been amazing. And we've been, we have an incredible relationship with the principal here, and we're allowed to store our stuff here. That is, that is rare, church. I want you to hear that. Most people, most church planners would cut off their arm for some of the situations we have here. We were asked to come and serve all of the families at the school this past week. That's rare that you get invited to do these sorts of things. But interestingly enough, heading into this year, even, bef- even before, probably about October of 2016, we began to feel as a staff and a team that God was, was beginning to invite us to use our faith in some unique ways. And one of those was to begin praying about a different location. Which didn't make any sense because after all, we had a good thing going. We have a good thing going. We're growing in size and we're growing in strength. This is a good thing. Let's not rock the ship. And so we literally would put that off. I would put that off and then Wes would needle me about it. And I would go back to praying about it. And we'd begin to, you know, just pray about it as a team. And we couldn't deny that God was inviting us to really start believing for something else, to trust Him differently. We didn't know what, we didn't know where, but we just began to pray. And interestingly enough, we we began a relationship with 
a movie theater here in town. I began relationships with several large restaurant owners and began going into different commercial buildings that wanted about a billion dollars a month. And we were like, God, this is impossible. We cannot afford any of these locations. The only way this is possibly going to happen is if you make this happen. You must, you must do what only God can do and just do one of these, these deals. Make this happen in a way that makes no sense. Shut this door and open this one. So that's what we began to pray. And I began meeting with the, the manager at the AMC on Barrett Parkway. And lo and behold, when, we, when, when, when people would ask me if, if you could pick a location that would be advantageous for the city of Kennesaw, what would it be? And I have to tell you, I actually couldn't think of a more prime location in the entire city than that one. And interestingly enough, the manager liked us not a believer. So we began to go to lunch and we began to talk and we began to email back and forth. And then the corporate AMC began to get involved and say, hey, I heard you've been sniffing around the movie theater. You know, this is going to be about $6,000 a month. Well, we can't do that. So we let it go. And interestingly enough, God continued to do this. I asked you to pray this way. I asked you to trust this way. I asked you to believe this way. Will you trust me? (sighs) Okay. Here's what I want you to hear this morning, because if you're not careful, this can happen to all of us. When we look at things that we value, we look at things that we as a church value, and we look at things that you say you value, when I say that, that I love the fact that we can store our stuff here and I love the fact that we know the staff here and I love the fact that we have curtains and we've made it look nice and it's good and we know it and it's comfortable. Oh, and the rent's cheap. And so all of these things work for our advantage for our church. What I'm actually saying, if I'm not careful, is the biggest thing I value is survival rather than being hungry for what God would say us to do, regardless of how frightening or scary that thing might be. And one of the things that we have said when we, when we, when we, when, when we said, God, we want to plant a church, we want to do this all over again, we're not going to be scared, Kennesaw, here we come. There were three things that we wanted to do. We wanted to see a church grow and be built that was diverse that was not just white people, that was not just black people, that wasn't just Japanese or just Filipino or just this or that. We wanted to see the nations come together and worship God together, and we were going to die on that hill to see it happen. And the other thing that we said, God, come hell or high water, we will see people who don't know Jesus come to faith. So one of the first things we bought was our big old horse trough so we could baptize people who made a decision to follow Jesus. We also wanted to be a church that was willing to let go and send out its people. 
to plant more churches, do more ministry, and change the world. And here is what God was just working inside of me that is deep down inside of me. Is that location is not everything. At the end of the day, the location is not the ambassador of Jesus. You are. You are the ambassador for Christ. But understand that a location still has a measure of importance. What it allows you to do. Who it allows you to engage. And in a city like Atlanta, things like proximity to the interstate is a very big deal. Would you agree? Yes. And so beginning to look at this theater again, we thought, okay, does this make it easier for you to invite somebody that doesn't know Jesus? I think it actually does. Is it an easier drive for most people that don't know Jesus? For most people, yes. Are we able to engage our children there and disciple them? Can we reach college students and engage them there? Obviously in all the other places that we do life, but we have to be able to do it there as well. Can we do this? Yes. Okay. Well, God, the cost is insane. We can't do that. I just met with a church planner who meets at another theater. I've been on the phone with other church planners who meet in other theaters. And I know the going rate is about $5,500 to $6,000. And we cannot do that. So what do you want me to do? Make them an offer. God, you're frustrating me, Lord. <laughs> I didn't want to insult the theater. But we sense God saying, look, if you value these things, why would you not be trying everything you can do to move into that spot? Okay, I'm convicted. Called the theater. Called corporate AMC in Kansas. I said, okay, here's the deal. We're a church plant. We like this location we don't have to move. We don't need to move. But I, I don't know if you, on the other end of this phone, if you're a Christian or if you're a believer or if you've ever been a part of a church plant, but I'm just going to go for broke and tell you that we feel God telling us to offer you $3,750 a month, which is almost, what, 40% less than what you asked us to offer-ish. I said, okay, thanks. Conversation is over. And during the week of prayer and fasting that we had at the beginning of the year, we were still praying about what God was inviting us to be sensitive about and to be prayerful about because like Paul, we want to preach the gospel. We want to reach our city. We want to reach the campus I realize that God says no, and I also realize that God says go. So, Lord, we're asking by the Spirit of Jesus that you would make this clear. And in the midst of my fast and my worship to you, I'm also believing for this, God. 
You ask us to pray and to pray boldly. You say that the prayer of righteous men are powerful and they availeth much. And so God, we're asking that you would show yourself clear. In the next seven days, would you make it clear for us? And on the second to last day of the fast, I think, maybe even by Wednesday, I got a call from AMC. And they said, hey, we we got your offer. Thank you for that. Here's what we'd like to do. You've offered us $3,750. We would actually like to counter your offer and lower it to $3,600. And we would like to give you the opportunity to put signs out front of the movie theater that stay up around the clock. I had the phone up to my ear. I said, okay, my heart's beating fast. I'm not going to be duped here. I'm not signing anything. I'm not going to be crazy. But Lord, this feels like the kind of thing that only you would do. What kind of business in America? And And I love America. I love the United States. But for profit companies generally aren't interested in making less profit. For-profit companies generally aren't interested in tying the face of their business to Christianity or to Jesus or to church. Now, there are a lot of details to work out here, ladies and gentlemen. But understand that after praying some more and talking some more, we sense that God is saying that it's time for us to move. And so by mid-August, we officially are going to be moving out of this school and into the AMC Movie Theater on Bear Parkway. Rise up is right. (laughs) Free movies might be part of the deal. We'll see. I want you to hear this because I know in a moment like this, there are scores of questions. And we're going to be doing our best to field them in the weeks to come and in the days even to come. But understand this is a decision that has not been made lightly. This is a decision that has been bathed with prayer, filled with conversation after conversation with families, with our High Point kids team leads. I wasn't going to make any move if the gut level reaction of people who serve with our kids is, oh, how are we going to do this? But everyone's response has been the same. We sense God doing this. We sense God moving us. It's going to be hard. Oh, there's going to be a lot of work. But understand it's going to be work worth doing. Because it's the kind of work that helps us engage people more effectively and more efficiently with the gospel. It's going to give us more room. It's going to look, without this sounding a little bad, it's going to feel a little classier as well. Which is going to make it a little bit easier at times from the standpoint of legitimacy as to what you're talking to someone about or inviting someone to.
We've measured and we've looked and we've got everything from stage areas to worship team to kids departments and nursery and three to fives and this and areas for classrooms to be taught and blah, 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 blah. I even went there at night to find a water spigot to make sure that we could fill up a baptismal to make sure we could baptize people. And I found it. And that's when I knew. And so guys, I want you to hear this. I did not anticipate this. I wasn't banking on this. I wasn't even trying for this. But understand that sometimes God says no and sometimes God says go and it isn't our aim as a Christian to try to get God into our plans. It's our job to get into his. And so this is what God was doing. We couldn't argue it. We couldn't couldn't fight against it. He's made it clear and guess what we're gonna do about it? We're gonna go. And we're going to move with great momentum. For most of you, genuinely, most of you, this is a shorter drive for you. Some of you, it's added maybe three to four minutes. Some of you, it's equidistance. But we've got people driving from all over Atlanta. And this is a great move for us to begin to bring people together on a Sunday morning. If you didn't guess, that was the big announcement. <laughs> Here's why we're doing this. I want to remind you this before anything else. We value being a diverse people. We value seeing people come to faith. And we value sending people to reach our city. And more than anything else, I also want us to be the kind of church that is willing to trust God in big ways. And if we are going to make a mistake as a church, I would much rather make a mistake being too aggressive, trusting and believing God than being too passive to ask him for anything. Amen? Amen. So here's what we're going to do. Like the men and women of old, we're going to use our faith and we are going to make a shift and over the next six months, we are going to begin using our resources using our money. We're going to have to ditch some of this stuff and get new stuff or different stuff or use stuff, stuff that just fits the theater better than what we have. It's going to require that. It's going to require some, some blood, sweat, and tears. It's going to require finances. It's going to require prayer. And it's going to require you to be excited enough to engage people and invite them to be part of it. Get them involved in the process. Let them be around the community of believers because people oftentimes want to belong to something before they believe in something. So help them belong. Let's make this home bigger that we can grow in size, we can grow in strength, 
and we can do what God has called us to do. Our aim isn't to get God into our plans. It's for us to get into His. And we believe these are His plans, and that's what we're going to do. Amen? Amen. Father, be with us. Lord, in the midst of exciting moments and exciting news, Lord, we don't want to lose the greatest excitement, and that is the worship of you, the power of your son Jesus to change lives, our ability to serve you and to follow you, God, to be forever changed by you. Lord, that is what we are most excited about. God, that is what gets us up in the morning. Lord, that is what breathes life into our lungs, is knowing you and being known by you. And God, we're asking that you would help us continue to do that in more effective and efficient ways. And we believe that you, Lord, are leading us to do that at the AMC Theater on Barrett Parkway. And so, God, we're asking, Father, even in this hour, Lord, that you would bless. No, God, we don't pray that. God, we pray that we, Lord, would step right into what you're already doing. God, not that you would somehow bless our efforts in this. God, we believe these are your efforts, and we are only aligning with what we see you doing, God. And so, God, we already call it blessed because you are the author and finisher of it, Lord. God, we ask that even as we begin to prepare for a departure from this location, that you would, in fact, continue to bless this school, that you would continue to open doors for us to serve this school, God, and that somehow we would have new doors open to begin to serve our community at the AMC. God, use your people in extraordinary ways. in your name we pray. Amen.